I'm Karis, and I'm 11, and... <clears throat> and why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he's perfect in all of our way, in all of his ways. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. Alicia Yoder here on another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm so glad we get to talk about Jesus more today. And even though I might not know your name or your favorite color, Jesus does. And is just waiting for you to see all the ways he wants to show his love for you. Maybe he wants to give you a kind word from a parent or friend or teacher today, or let you see a beautiful flower or get a hug from your little brother or sister, or give you a promise from the Bible that he wants to speak into your heart because he's just that good. Last week, we talked about how the people of Israel wanted a king so that they could be like the other nations and how God gave them a man named Saul to be their king. But do you remember what Saul was doing when his name was chosen? Yep. He was hiding in the baggage. Some of the Israelites didn't know if Saul was the right man for the job, but most of them shouted, Long live the king! Now a man named Nahash led his Ammonite army against the Israelite city of Jabesh-Gilead. And the people of Jabesh-Gilead said, We promise to be your servants if you don't fight us. But Nahash said, Only if I can cut out all your right eyes and shame your people. The Israelite elders replied, Give us seven days to send messengers to see if there's anyone who can save us. If not, then we'll surrender. So the message went out, and when it got to the people in Saul's town, they started weeping. Saul was coming back from working in a field with his oxen, and he said, Why is everybody crying? When they told him the news about Jabesh-Gilead, the Spirit of God rushed on Saul, and he became angry. He cut the oxen in pieces and sent them to the other Israelite towns, saying, If you don't come out to fight with Samuel and me, this is what will happen to your oxen. God caused the people to come out, 320,000 of them. And they, sent, and they said to the messengers, Tell the men of Jabesh-Gilead that tomorrow they will be delivered. So the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Tomorrow we will surrender, and you can do whatever you want to us. The next morning, Saul's army fought against the Ammonites and defeated them. Then the people said to Samuel, 
Who was it that said Saul shouldn't be our king? Let's kill those men. But Saul said, No one will be put to death, since the Lord has saved us today. So Samuel and all the people went to Gilgal to officially make Saul their king, and they sacrificed peace offerings to God and celebrated. Samuel said to all the Israelites, I gave you the king you wanted, and now I am old and gray. I have walked with you since I was a child. So can anyone bring an accusation against me? Did I take anyone's ox, or anyone's money, or hurt anyone? If so, I will pay them back. The people said, You haven't done any of those things. And Samuel said, Now let me tell you all the righteous acts God did for you and your ancestors. When the people cried out in their slavery in Egypt, God sent Moses and Aaron to lead the people out and into this place. But the people forgot God, and he let the Israelites and Moabites capture them. And they cried out to God, saying, We have sinned, left the Lord, and served the Baals and Ashtaroth. But save us from our enemies so we can serve you. And God sent judges, like Gideon and Barak and Samuel, to rescue you so that you could live in safety. And when Nahash came against you, you said, We want a king to reign over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. So God has given you a king. If you serve the Lord and obey his voice, if you and the king who reigns over you both follow the Lord, things will go well. But if you don't obey the Lord's commands, his hand will be against you and your king. Watch what the Lord is going to do. It's wheat harvest, and I'm going to call on the Lord to send thunder and rain. And you will know what a bad choice it was to ask for a king. And when Samuel called on the Lord, he sent thunder and rain, and all the people were in awe of the Lord and Samuel. The people said, Pray to the Lord for us so that we won't die, for we have added to our sins by asking for a king. Samuel said, Don't be afraid. What you did was evil, but don't turn away from the Lord. Serve him with all your heart instead of useless idols that can't do anything for you or rescue you. God won't reject you because he wants to show everyone how great his name is and that he chose you to be his. I will keep praying for you and teach you the good and right ways. But be sure to serve the Lord with all your heart and remember the great things he's done for you. If you keep doing evil, you and your king will be swept away. Now Saul gathered two thousand men from his army to go with him, and a thousand men to go with his son Jonathan to fight the Philistines. Jonathan attacked one of the Philistine camps, and the Philistines gathered their army and chariots to fight. The army was more than the sand in the seashore 
And when the men of Israel saw that they were in trouble, they hid in caves and bushes and among the rocks. Some of the men even crossed over the Jordan to escape. Saul stayed in Gilgal, and all the soldiers with him were shaking in fear. He had waited seven days, the amount of time when Samuel said he would come. But Saul hadn't seen Samuel yet, and his men were starting to run away. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering. And Saul offered it to God. As soon as he'd finished, Samuel arrived, and Saul went to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When the men started running away, and I saw that you hadn't come, and the Philistines were gathering their whole army, I thought, Now the Philistines are going to come and fight me, and I haven't sought God's favor. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You haven't kept the Lord's command. If you had, he would have made your kingdom go on for all time. But now your kingdom won't last, because the Lord has looked for a man after his own heart to be the leader of his people, and you haven't kept the Lord's command. Then Samuel left, and Saul counted only six hundred of his men who hadn't left. Now the Philistines had taken the blacksmiths from the Israelites, saying, Otherwise they will make swords and spears. The Israelite farmers had to take their tools to the Philistines to have them sharpened. So on the day of battle, none of the soldiers had swords or spears, only Saul and his son Jonathan. And next week we'll find out what happened to the Israelite army. Are you facing a scary situation right now? Maybe there's something you keep thinking and thinking about and can't figure out how it could ever be okay. Maybe you feel scared every time you go to sleep. Or your friend hasn't wanted to play with you every time you've asked. Maybe your brother or sister always seems mad at you. When Nahash and his army came against the Israelite town of Jabesh-Gilead, do you remember what the people did? They sent messengers to ask for help, but the Israelites who got the message just started crying. It was only when God's Spirit's power came on Saul that he had the passion to gather an army together to rescue the city. But then when the Philistine army gathered against Saul's men and they started running away in fear, what did Saul decide to do? He tried to take care of the situation himself instead of waiting for Samuel to offer the burnt offering like he had been told. If he'd waited, maybe Samuel could even have encouraged Saul and helped him know what God wanted him to do against this big Philistine army. And now God would choose a different man to be king instead of one of Saul's sons after him. 
If you've been listening to these stories of how God rescued the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, took care of them through the 40 years in the desert, led them into a good land, and sent leaders to rescue them when they realized their sin in turning away from him, you know that God loves to show how strong he is and that he loves rescuing his people. Sometimes we too forget about that help and want to think about every other possible choice for solving our problems. But we have it even better than those Israelites because not only do we have all these stories of God's care and rescue written down, but we can see that all these stories point to the true help God wants to give each of us. When Jesus came to live a perfect life and take the punishment for our sins, he showed us his power as our rescuer so that we can be free from the power of sin in our lives and live with him as his friend forever. We can't see Jesus with our physical eyes now, but when he went back to heaven, he sent his spirit to live in each of our hearts to help us and show us his power every day. As we continue to walk with God, talking with him when we don't know what to do, we won't always keep trying to figure out our problems on our own apart from the help he wants to give us through speaking his truth into our thoughts and sending people to help us. The people he sends will be carrying God's presence and strength so that you can know how much he cares for you. Sometimes, though, everyone around you might be weeping like the people of Israel did, thinking there's no solution. It's in those times that God may be sending you to carry his hope and spirit's power so that people can see that he wants to help them too. He might lead us to be like a prophet, speaking encouragement like, God doesn't want us to be scared. He wants to help us right now. Or maybe like a king saying, don't you see? God wants us to come together and fix this with his help. Or he might want you to be like a priest saying, Let's talk to Jesus about this problem together and see what he says. He'll show us what to do next. Sometimes Jesus' help might come through ideas he puts in our minds to share with our friends when they're sad or scared. Or he might want to show us when they're trusting in something other than Jesus to help them, like their good behavior or being smart You could say something like, let's tell Jesus about your problem and ask for his help. Then we can see what ideas he gives us. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for each child listening to this podcast. I pray that you would clothe them in your spirit's armor and help them to fight against their own struggles and to invite your help when their friends or siblings have a problem too. We bring your cross, 
blood and resurrection power against anything that Satan wants to keep them from seeking your help. And we send any of that fear, anger, discouragement, and confusion to your throne for judgment. Would you fill each child with your peace, joy, love, and confidence that you are here and ready to help? We love you. Amen. Okay, friends. Thanks for listening and inviting Jesus to do beautiful and powerful things in your heart. Talk to you next time.